0: I'm sugar. And I'm spice. And sometimes parenting's just not so nice. Let's talk about it.
1: Let's jump right on in.
0: So today's episode is breastfeeding, chest feeding, and mine don't work. So what now?
1: Well, I for one, mine just doesn't work. So literally, what, what do you do at this point? Well,
0: From my experience, like it does vary pregnancy to pregnancy, not just person to person, pregnancy to pregnancy. Because as you know, I was unable to breastfeed my oldest four children. But baby number five, she is exclusively breastfed. And I actually have not a ton of surplus, but a bit of surplus enough to have a nice freezer stash.
1: Ah. A good old freezer stash with every breast, mu- breast, breastfeeding, chest feeding slash, uh, exclusively breastfeeding, exclusively pumping mom wants to hear like freezer stash is always the goal, but I know sometimes we can't always get there. So can you give any recommendations on what products you used?
0: So I have, well, as you know, I'm obsessed with my haga. Technically, I have an off-brand version because they all work the same. You do not need to spend the extra money to get the name brand. I will tell you that right now. Um, and then something different that I learned with this at Journey versus my last ones is they make silicone flanges. Hmm. Um, I, I had only ever found like the hard plastic ones that you get at WIC and you get at the hospital. did not know they make silicone flanges. And for me, that made a world of difference.
1: You know, and I can totally attest to that as well. Um, I know these are a little expensive, and I am going I know we're gonna post links on the blog as well um, to some of the things that you know we're gonna talk about tonight um I there is a company called Pumping Pals also this is this is not in any way a a sales pitch this is just what I did um the Pumping Pal has a like a straight silicone one and it all I I feel like the silicone also worked pretty good for me as well truth be told I wonder what the difference is
0: I think just comfort because I've had many lactation consultants tell me if you're having pain while breastfeeding you're not
1: gonna make as much definitely because I know you know uh what is it called stress is definitely a big thing um you know stressing out about your supply stressing out if it. Oh, now baby talking, um, stressing out about supplies, stressing out about pain, like all of that, all of those are deterrents to pumping and production. They,
0: they really are. And, you know, having the right supplies, having the right support, um, and you know, it, it doesn't work for everyone and that's okay. Not having appropriate supply, it's it's not the end of the world. It is not. There are other options out there.
1: Oh, there definitely there definitely are. And like, I am so I I am extremely happy for you that you were you know finally able to actually exclusively breastfeed. I know that was one of your biggest goals. Um, With my uh, my SIDS loss. I know that whew, those, that little bit of time that I was stressing out about, um, breastfeeding, like I have taken, uh, I've done legendary supplements. I ate the cookies. Uh, <laughs> I ate the oatmeal as much as I hate oatmeal. Um, I power pumped. What else did I try? I tried Reglin, which is, you know, a prescribed, uh, anti-nausea that they've actually found will help with production. Um, And I know it was hard for me and you're right. It's not the end of the world. And it definitely does happen to many people. I mean, the statistics say that while nationally 83% of women attempt to breastfeed by six months, that drops to 55. And then by 12 months, that drops to 35. And then, up to 22.9% of women actually introduce formula at two days because they are so stressed out about how either how little they're making or about their baby's latch. So, you know, those, those numbers show those numbers alone show that we are not alone in this whatsoever.
0: Exactly. And honestly, one of the things that, I wish I had been told that stressed me out so much as I was attempting to exclusively breastfeed and I was also pumping on top of that. And I got so little pumping. I, I, I was stressing out about only getting 10, 15 mls after having breastfed. That is a normal amount. When you see people who are getting, you know, three to four ounce bottles I know somebody who gets a nine ounce bottle every time they pump, but we're not going there. That is.
1: Mm-mm. I am not. I'm not usually one to say yeah. that I'm jealous, but I'm not going to lie. I'm jealous. Cause you know, with my first, um, with my SIDS loss, I was pumping all oh, about 15 ml. Every pump. And that was a good pump. Sometimes I would get two ml. Sometimes I would only get one. I'm talking. I would only make 4 ounces in a 24 hour period and um, I'm going to post this link in the blog as well uh, according to certain sources, a full supply, quote unquote, and I'm going to say quote unquote, because a supply is going to vary from person to person, pregnancy to pregnancy and baby to baby. What one baby takes, the other may not. But they say a full supply is 25 ounces to 35 ounces. Now, I was only making four, so I'm going to assume I didn't have a full supply.
0: <laughs> now, I want to throw in there that that is if you are exclusively pumping. If yes feeding on demand and pumping after do not expect 30 ounces the people who are getting 30 ounces by doing that gold star for them but that is not the norm
1: that's not the norm that is called an oversupply and we can silently <laughs> be jealous of those people as i am right or i am right now cuz I, I know i'm in a lot of support groups like you know mommy support groups and the freezer stashes some women have make me so silently jealous. I can't be the only I
0: mean, one. I mean, <laughs> I, oh my gosh, let's see. Uh, G is, she oh, should be nine months in two days. And I think in total pumping after feeding on demand, I only, I want to say I've only gotten maybe three to 400 ounces after feeding on demand for nine months worth of pumping. And I'm power pumping, as you know. I'm pumping after every feed. I'm pumping every two hours just to keep my, just to maintain my supply. But we both know this one person, it's a mutual person we know, who has given that away five times with a baby the same age.
1: (sighs) My my chest doesn't work. And you know what? And that's, that's another thing that I definitely want to talk about, about on this particular uh, episode. So what do we do? In in, in your, your opinion, what do we do when you're so mentally taxed on breastfeeding that you're no longer, you're more stressed out about feeding and producing supply, that liquid gold that, you know, it's not, you know... Th- There's definitely other ways to feed, and we'll get to that, I'm sure. Um, But what do you do when you're so mentally taxed that you're no longer enjoying it?
0: That is really hard because, um, as you know, I struggled with postpartum depression. And one of the things that triggered me is a lot of people were like, you got to breastfeed. It's what's best for your baby. got to breastfeed. But I just wasn't making enough. And that sent me into a mental downward spiral. And my postpartum depression was so bad because I felt like I was failing. And you know what? Taking a step back, knowing what I know now, it's okay. That baby that I was told you have to breastfeed, breastfeeding is what's best for them. If you don't breastfeed, that makes you a bad mom. He's fine. He's three. He's a total terror. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Breast formula doesn't matter. He still eats chicken nuggets that I don't know where they came from.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to feel like that. You, it, it, it's the left or the right situation. It doesn't matter where you start. Because, um, you know, with, m- with my twins, um, I have graciously... So, well, I guess we are hopping into it because I know I was mentally taxed when I was, uh, when I had P, and, um, I feel like I was spiraling into postpartum depression a little bit there. Um, I had definitely already gotten on antidepressants with the, um, with the, uh, guidance of my OBGYN because there are other ways like formula is definitely not a failure, um, You can, you can in fact find, um, donors. Like I have been very, very lucky with my twin pregnancy that I have been, I've, I've been lucky that, you know, someone reached out, someone that I trust, um, someone that I love dearly and I will never be able to repay her. Um, she has, she's, she's willing to be a donor for me so that my, 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 my sons can get some liquid gold because, I know that pregnancy to pregnancy is different, but I am terrified that I'm not going to be able to produce this time either.
0: Most definitely. And like, I have someone that I have trusted uh, with my previous four pregnancies, the ones that I was unable to successfully breastfeed. Um, she provided. Uh, i She provided a good amount of breast milk for each of the children. Uh, We were lucky enough to have pregnancies that kind of coincided with each other. So she was breastfeeding a baby, same age as my baby. So the milk, you know, lined up pretty well, regardless. But even even with, um, you know, baby G, I, she was like, let me know. Let me know if you want it. I'll bring it to you or I'll mail it to you. Let me know. I'm setting aside 200 ounces just so you have a starter pack and you know, I didn't need it this time, but just to have that little bit of security, because I didn't know I had not successfully breastfed and we'll get into the barriers a little bit around what happened with each one, why I was unable to successfully breastfeed, but You know there there's these Facebook pages that I'm part of um, that I have actually donated milk before on because it was going to expire because you can only freeze breast milk for a year. Um, Mm -hmm. It's uh, human milk for human babies, and they have them for your state specifically. Like I have mine, I'm in the one for my state, but I also know they have one, so you can find local donors. And it's not always like the same person, but they're like, hey, you know, I have X amount of ounces. It's been frozen for X long. My baby's this year's old. You know, whether or not they're taking medication, smoking, most of them don't. But, you know, they, they do list, you know, not smoking, no caffeine, no medications, and if they have any dietary restrictions. Um, and that's been a huge help. I know a lot of moms who have gotten milk there when they were just unable to have it like they didn't have a supply themselves
1: yeah and that's definitely a great resource um and you know it's beautiful to think of we as women reaching out and helping each other because we all know how important we all know how important breast milk is not to say if you don't give breast milk that you are failing as a parent, because again, they're going to end up eating chicken nuggets, um, off the floor. And in my case, the chicken nugget would be covered with dog hair. So, I mean, yum, (laughs) extra protein, I guess. Um, I'm just saying it's like, uh, but you know, we all, they always say that that first six weeks of, um, of liquid gold are definitely, you know, they, they're they helpful, but they're not an end-all, be-all at yeah, all. Yeah,
0: honestly, even just having claustrum is helpful. But again, even if you choose not to breastfeed, let's say that you, you're fully capable, or maybe you are capable, maybe you aren't, you don't know, but you don't want to. For whatever reason, your reason is valid, even if even if you have the capability, but you don't want to, that's still valid. Not wanting to is a valid reason. I with, with. As you know, I have a tube fed baby. Um, M is four years old now. She has a feeding tube that she's had for four years. Um, I was told if I gave her formula and I was told this by a lactation consultant. If I gave her formula, it would cause complications and she would die. That is what they told me. So I refused to give her a bottle. I wouldn't give her formula. And because of that choice, she needed a feeding tube a lot sooner than she would have if she could have had a bottle. She refused to take a bottle by the time we realized what was going on. And just having someone tell you that fear, it's horrible. And you know what? Now she also eats chicken nuggets off the floor, Um, (laughs) but you know, she, she has, she's had breast milk and formula go through her feeding tube and she's growing and gaining weight now. And I, I will never forget having been told that because my child who already had medical complications, I'm told if I had done something that very, very real, it possibly could have saved her a surgery or at least a surgery that young. Yes. If I had not been told that, my child may not have needed a feeding tube at all or perhaps at least not needed one that young. And giving formula it may take time to find the right one l my oldest he did not react well to a couple of different formulas it took us a little bit to find the right one but he did find on formula as well as once we found the right one so
1: and you know I, that's definitely something i do and i'm so sorry to interrupt you because i i definitely since we're on the topic i definitely want to there. Um, if you are giving your baby formula, and again, that it's perfectly okay, that Fed is best. Like yes, we hear at sugar and spice, or we live by a Fed is best um thought process. Um, if you are if you are giving your baby formula and you notice, you know, the the regular, the constipation, the gassiness um, the fussiness, the colicky, um, type symptoms, just know it has nothing to do with the fact that you are not giving your baby breast milk. It could potentially be that it just doesn't work for them. I mean, like it may just not work for them. Uh, P used, Infamil, Similac, um, what's the other one? Um, good start. Good start. We tried bubs. I think it's the the Australian one that's a, that's made of goat milk bubs. We tried a little bit of everything. and infamil purple was actually, yeah, we used every color of infamil. Infamil purple <laughs> was the one that we finally settled on. And, you know, she actually had a period where she did not poop for two weeks. I had to give her uh, an enema every two days in order. They're not fun. (laughs) They are not fun, especially when it is a two-week-old and you're just like, I don't want to do this. like. (laughs) Oh my goodness, it's like, and you know, the the animal would make her so angry and upset, but she was already so angry and upset because she hadn't pooped in forever. Um, Bicycles didn't work, nothing worked. Nothing <laughs> was, worked. Of
0: course she was angry, she was literally full of shit.
1: Literally. And you know, I see I secretly knew it, but you know, um, so I, I I I just wanted to say that. Like just know that it it's not because you're not it's not because you're not giving breast milk. There are different different people different foods affect people differently. Like there is something particular for everybody. So if you have a formula and you're you're just not sure you can there's a million of them on the market find you will find something that works for you i promise you will find something that works for your baby um, and that could be different from baby to baby as well but i'm so sorry please continue
0: well yeah no l was on um he was on we had tried all of the kinds of similac and he actually wound up on nutramigen and for for the mamas who know that nutramigen poop oh my
1: lord Yeah, it's a smell that you'll never forget.
0: (laughs) It is not, but like he did great on neutramogen, but M oh my gosh, that caused such an upset in her stomach.
1: Oh no,
0: so she was actually on the orange can of Similac, and then, um, but you know. Um, X, X was on the regular blue can of Similac, he had no problem with that. L, I had tried all the Similacs before we wound up going with Nutramagen, and we went with Nutramigen because in my state we only cover Similac on Wick, so that was the Wick formula. Um, that That's he awesome. could take. Um, and I'm thankful it was Wick formula because those are $40 a can.
1: Oh, absolutely. Formula formula is, speaking of which, formula is so, so expensive. Um, and if you are a mom that is struggling right now, um, because, you know, economically, things are in a downturn. Um, you know, we're still trying to recover from COVID. Um, and I just wanted to kind of say that if you are a mom and you are struggling with formula do not be afraid to reach out to WIC. I am going to put their link as well um, in on, on the blog because WIC is a program that will help with formula as well as, and if you're not doing formula, um, they will actually help with food for breastfeeding moms so that you can keep your production up with healthy foods. Yeah, if
0: you're um, who's exclusively up? breastfeeding, it's up to a year.
1: Oh, and they give milk, peanut butter, fish. What else do they give? Cheese, yogurt, cereal. Cheese,
0: eggs, cereal, produce. Um, was, right now, uh, because it's summer months, our WIC actually gives farmer's market um, vouchers. So you can go get
1: fresh local farmer's market produce. And, you know, I hear if you use the farmer's market coupons, certain at certain points uh, through that program, they actually double your, I think in some states, they actually will double your money.
0: Well, yeah. So uh, here in my state, uh, the maximum amount for a family, which we will get a maximum amount because of our so- family size, is $84 to go to the produce uh, at farmer's market.
1: And just think of like, and at the farmer's market, it's never super expensive. So think about it, you can get all of these different types of foods, usually in more than you could go to like, say a Kroger or giant or a stop and shop. And I, I, we will do an episode about this, I'm sure. But so many fruits and veggies and other things that you get on WIC are freezable. You just because they're fresh doesn't mean you can't keep them uh, fresh. Like, states,
0: I know that the state that I'm in, you actually can use your produce on frozen produce.
1: Oh, well, yeah. that's that's a win right there, because I can honestly say I like frozen fruit because. I don't get to my fruit in, in the correct amount of time. And, you know, when I finally do want to eat that banana, it's just brown and it's better off, but banana pudding, but that's neither here nor there.
0: I I get a mix because with my kids, produce doesn't last very long, but at the same time, I don't like putting ice cubes in my smoothie.
1: Ah, see, I, okay. That's that. I'm going to have to try that with my smoothies. Um, because I know in my state, um, when we go to the farmer's market, if we go for in the last six weeks of the farmer market season uh, in my state, one a mother and one child would get up to forty eight dollars in benefits and they will actually give you double your money to shop with at the farmer's market um, stalls. So it it it's it's great. So I just I did I just wanted to say that it do not be afraid to reach out for help. Nutrition is so important. No matter no matter matter whether you breastfeed, formula feed, chest feed, um, nutrition is important. And there are resources out there to help you if you are um, low income, um, underemployed. Uh, never be afraid to reach out for help at all.
0: Exactly. Well, and other things, not just receiving WIC, you know, they have nutrition programs that can sit you down with a nutritionist. They have breastfeeding counselors, peer, you know, lactation consultants. Um, You can get a, a manual pump. They will give you a manual breast pump or I don't know about everywhere, but here in my state, they will rent you an electric breast pump if you couldn't get one through like insurance.
1: Absolutely. And I know in my state, you do not, you can utilize lactation consultants and the manual pump as well as the breastfeeding pump, whether you actually qualify for benefits or not, like whether you take part in the um, voucher program or not, they are able to help you with lactation and or with pumping, um, with pumping supplies so that is definitely wick is an amazing they do promote breastfeeding however they are in it for babies being fed and i have so much respect for the wick organization
0: yeah and they're pregnant women infants and children up to five years I actually had L graduate because he is six. He graduated from the WIC program. It was so cute. They gave him a certificate. He got a oh, little booklet. Um, he was just showing everybody, "Look, you know, he had no idea what it was for, but he was happy he got a certificate." <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it goes up to five years, and each you know age group gets different things. They pay for baby food when baby t- takes baby food. The yogurt is only for moms and children over two. So breastfeeding or pregnant moms and children over two, they don't give yogurt under two years old. I guess it's something with um, immature GI. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't want to, you know, give it to them too young because it could cause some problems.
1: Some, some, some green poopy diapers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, as you know, I have three in diapers still, so um,
1: let's not. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm working on two in diapers. We are finally at that 68 days or less countdown and every day they get a little bit more active. It's great. Um, And as I've been kind of talking about my journey, you know, I started, uh, pumping They, they do recommend that you, if you are going to pump, because I am one of those moms that it is just my preference to exclusively pump, um, versus latching. And that's definitely going to be, uh, double, uh, the pun completely intended this time around, because I'm going to have the twins and um, some of my physical, uh, my, my physical attributes make it difficult for me to tandem breastfeed twins. Um, Cause I need both hands. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I want, I do, I plan on exclusively breastfeeding this time around. If I can, um, they say the best time to do it is within that, uh, that first six hours. I know they recommend latching during that golden hour. And I know you'll tell us more about that a little bit later
0: than hour,
1: the Uh, golden hour is beautiful. Um, But they do recommend if you're going to pump that you do pump in that first six, that first six day, uh, six hours. Um, and they do want you to pump for, you know, 10 to 20 minutes until day four or whatever have you. Um, but you know, I, I was, I wasn't making a lot. I was not making a lot. Um, like again, I was exclusively pumping and only making four ounces a day and I'm actually kind of proud of myself. I feel like if she had not passed away, we might, we might've actually gotten somewhere. Um, because I did in fact go from 15 mls per day to about four ounces a day. And it, you know, we crept up a little bit. Um, so yeah you know that that's just that's just the journey but let's hear more about that golden hour
0: okay so the golden hour and i when it is safe i i will wholeheartedly tell you ask them for that latch during the golden hour if it's safe for mom and baby the importance of that is huge um And I I know this from experience. Like I said, I have a child who has a feeding pump. She did not get to latch in the golden hour. She actually did not get to latch for four days. Um, They had her NPO for four days due to... They thought she was going to need emergency surgery. Um, But on top of that, I had a fully anesthetized C-section. I was... I did not wake up until four hours after she was born. I missed that golden hour section. Um, I also missed pumping in the first six hours because I had not been told that. Uh, we were more focused on, oh my gosh, my baby's being transferred to a different hospital than, oh my God, get me a breast pump right now uh, for obvious reasons. But, um, you know, with baby E, we were doing great with the breastfeeding journey with him um, until he got RSV. And then he, my milk decided to settle out. But he was able to latch in the OR before we left. They oh, cleaned him up and brought him right over, and he was able to latch. He was maybe 15 minutes old. Um, I'll cut so part. tell me more about the golden hour with G. So the golden hour with G was a bit different than a typical golden hour because she was taken straight to NICU. Um, She decided that breathing at birth was boring. Uh, So she she spent the first 24 hours in NICU. um, The first 18 hours she was on um, oxygen support Uh, did not have to be intubated. So they were able but she wasn't allowed to eat for the first 12 hours. So what they did so that I had that mimicry of the golden hour is they took a swab and they swapped inside her mouth to get her saliva. And then we took that swab and we swapped the inside of the flange of the breast pump so that we could mimic that golden hour. And I pumped. Um, And we did that because, I have to say I my OB, her team, the hospital, they're amazing. They they totally supported what I wanted. They knew how important, you know, breastfeeding or at least attempting to breastfeed with her was. And so they they helped me with that. They literally had a nurse from the mom floor go to the NICU, get the swap, bring it back. They had the pump, everything ready for me. So being able to do that, I want to, I, I really do believe being able to do that is the reason I was able to establish a supply as well as I have. Um, well, that and um, pumping after every feed for like the first three months. And now uh, I've reached the point if I don't, uh, my breasts hurt. Um, I caused an oversupply. That is definitely my fault. Um, but you know, I have a nice little freezer stash. Um, I have found a company that is going to turn it into powdered breast milk, which is an option that a lot of people are using nowadays. Instead of formula, you can freeze dry your breast milk. Uh, there's lots of companies out there that do it. Uh It is on the more pricey side. Um...
1: It is, but I, I hear it makes it a little more shelf-stable versus the 12 months of yes, stores in a fridge. Three years
0: shelf-stable. Yeah, and you reconstitute it the same way. Like, um, so with, uh, you know, like with formula, you add X amount of water for X amount of scoops. With breast milk, it's however many ounces. I believe it's packaged by how many ounces they dehydrate. You just add that much water back into it. Wow. Yeah. So, and it's, you know, you can travel with it just like you would formula. And I I think it's a great option. It's definitely moving into the future a little bit. Um, That is what a
1: time to be alive.
0: Right. We freeze dry a whole ton of food and like um, we get powdered milk.
1: So. We do. And powdered milk is delicious. Like, yes, I, <laughs> y- I am probably aging myself here a little bit, but uh, you know, WIC was a thing back when I was a kid and people on WIC nowadays, you know, they give you like eight gallons of milk back in the, back when I was a kid and we were getting WIC, um, we didn't get milk gallons. We got boxes like cardboard boxes with a metal spout of powdered carnation milk, and when I tell you that was delicious one cold, like like I said, I might have just aged myself there for a minute. Um. <laughs> well, my grandmother uh, used to drink that, oh. um, and
0: I don't know if it's because she she lived out in the woods and in an area where they lost power frequently, so I don't know if that's just the reason because it was shelf stable; she didn't have to worry about it going bad. Hmm. But I do remember one time thinking, I wonder what this tastes like without water.
1: And I, I bet it was delicious. Know. I bet it was delicious. I'm sorry. I, it is some carnation powdered milk is the taste of my childhood. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, um,
0: it was remnants of the cinnamon challenge.
1: Oh, you poor, poor thing.
0: I just took a spoonful of it. Um, not, not my finest moment. Um, but I'm sure the adults around me got a good laugh.
1: So question for you, cause I know for me, um, after my golden hour ha- had come and gone and, you know, oddly enough, my golden hour, um, I am unfortunately one of those women who had birthing trauma, um, as well. So, cause I know you had it as well with G's little, um, dramatic, Pause. Not um. just G,
0: L and M. Those were pretty traumatic too. 23 hours rush to emergency C section
1: uh, um. because
0: L's heart was having D cells. And then 56 hours rush to emergency C section because I wasn't doing great with M. And oh, then no. I wake up and my baby's in the NICU and being transferred to another hospital. So, yeah, not just G
1: yeah so you know with 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 birthing trauma that can definitely make it um you know birthing trauma is never never fun and I definitely want to talk about that in another um because that's a, that's a whole subject on its on its own it and definitely, I definitely yes, that that. have to be another episode oh absolutely um But, you know, for me, my golden hour was interrupted due to birthing trauma and, um, you know, and I was, oddly enough, and as a, as a nurse, uh, I feel like it was very unethical the way that uh, my, my postpartum floor did it. Um, My daughter P had gotten her very, it was supposed to be her last uh, blood glucose test of the night and she clocked in at a 44 so, uh, at that point, it was you can either give her a bottle now, or we can take her to the NICU and we can give her a bottle there. And of course, they weren't going to take my baby anywhere. You know, like I, I wanted to room it, in. I didn't it want was her to so leave. So wrong me. the way that they presented that to you. Yeah. Yeah. It was really- you know, and I feel like it's presented to many women like that. And we just don't talk about it because we think it's coming from a good place. And don't get me wrong. There was, it, you know, if I had, as a nurse, I know that that's not the best blood sugar. Um, And, you know, I think If they, even if I wasn't a nurse and I was just a lay person, if she had just gone, you know, Hey, this is kind of low, you know, I know you've latched a couple of times and maybe, you know, your milk just hasn't come in. Your colostrum just hasn't come in. um, She needs some sustenance, you know, she needs, she needs something, something supplemental. It could have been presented in a way
0: that was not as threatening. I I, I totally agree. Uh, she, she. she should have come about it a bit more of, hey, you know, this isn't great. Um, we know you've tried breastfeeding. It's possible your milk just isn't in here yet. We'll get lactation to come in. But in the meantime, baby needs subsidence. Yes. Let's give her a bottle. It could yeah. have been presented much nicer like that. And I, she did you dirty. Again, I've been done dirty a lot of us have and just we think it's normal because it's just so common for people to be so rash in healthcare,
1: and it Absolutely. doesn't take that
0: long to explain it
1: it really doesn't. It, doesn't it took us 30 seconds to do it
0: exactly i mean i i i explain things to my kids why stuff happens why is it that hard for healthcare professionals to explain to their patient why something needs to happen.
1: Absolutely. You know, and, and to make, even make matters worse. Um, as I know we, we are going to have a whole episode strictly on breastfeeding. Um, cause I know this one has been a little bit of breastfeeding, uh, chest feeding. It's been a little bit of pumping. It's been a little bit of donor milk. Um, but I know we're going to talk about it again. Um, I, I I am a mom who has had a breast augmentation. I have uh, about 800 milliliters of silicone in each side of my chest. So if she had said, you know, hey, I was already concerned that my milk may not come in due to the fact that I've had an augmentation or um, in layman's terms, I've had, I have breast implants. So I was already concerned that my mammary glands and my tater tots didn't work. So had she just said, you know, hey, this isn't working. I totally would have been like bring me your finest chilled bottle for my said child like i i would have been so for it um you know and and so i just think that is so weird um that the golden hour was interrupted like that but speaking of supplementation when do you first introduce the bottle like that's always been one of my curious thoughts on it um i know i introduced the bottle immediately Um, I know I had to introduce a bottle almost immediately she was about 12 hours old when I first introduced the bottle Um, and just because of because I also did want to pump exclusively for the most part um, I did want to try to latch but I did introduce the bottle at about 12 hours old and It was less work getting milk out of the bottle than out of the breast. So uh, she preferred the bottle. So after that first bottle, that's all we did. We just did a bottle. So
0: with Elle, uh, he got a bottle at, um, I want to say he was 18 hours old. Um, Probably would have been sooner, but nobody told me I had to wake up my baby. Um, uh, I was a first time mom and, um, I had always been told you'd never wake a sleeping baby. He slept through the night, his first night. Uh, the nurse woke me up and yelled at me. Oh,
1: um,
0: cause he had not eaten in, mm, I want to say probably 10 hours because he had slept the whole time and, you know, we woke him up, we gave him a bottle because, uh, we had no, you know, my milk, it just had not come in. I tried pumping. Regardless. Uh, so he was 18 hours old, would have been sooner had I known I was supposed to wake him up. I know that now. <laughs> you know what they say? The first baby is always the trial baby.
1: It is always the trial <laughs> baby, but I don't know. Even I'm on board with the never, um, never wake a sleeping baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, none yeah, of the and you know- came in to wake him up either because they just thought that I was. <laughs> Um, but I was a first time mom. I was 20 years old. You know, I, I was alone. I, I didn't know. I never, i never, I had never even held a baby under six months old. Like, oh. uh, so at that, you know, I didn't know, uh, with M, she was five months old when we first attempted to introduce the bottle. Um and because we waited so long, she had developed you've probably heard the term nipples uh nipple snob. Uh she was uh, a nipple snob good old
1: nipple snobs.
0: She refused. We spent oh I want to say close to three hundred dollars on different kinds of bottles even super custom ones and mm, it was a lot of money. She refused to take any bottles we actually did a three day stay in the hospital where she was not allowed to have breast at all. They did, um, they had her on IV nutrition.
1: Oh, goodness. And
0: I was to pump, put it in a bottle, offer it straight from the tap, you know, like straight out the tap, tap temperature, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but she was not allowed to actually latch to my breast for three days. Uh, she'd rather starve. Uh, that's when she got her feeding tube um and then with uh a he was a week old uh he per he like p oh, not a sorry x um he like uh your p he mm, preferred the bottle um, um he after he was a a week, maybe two weeks. I think it was a week. Um, but by two months, our journey, had, our breastfeeding journey had ended uh, with E. He was three weeks um, and he he did pretty good switching back and forth um, <coughs> between hey. breast and bottle. So I want to say about three months to a month or three weeks to a month would be a great time. For introducing a bottle. If you want to combination feed. If you. um, Well if you're planning on exclusively pumping. Then you can introduce it as early as you want to. Uh, Because that's how they're going to get it anyway. Fair. Uh, If you plan to maybe have bottles. So that you can have a night out. You can go soak in a hot shower and your partner can feed the baby uh, if you have a partner. Um, even sometimes just being able to give them the bottle once they're able to actually hold it and walk away because you're touched out is really nice. I wish I could with G. I can't because she's a bottle snob. <laughs> <laughs> she she. Mm. How many bottles have we tried now? I want to say a couple. I want to say at least eight. I think it's been eight bottles. And we've even tried some sippy cups and some straw cups. (laughs) I'm like anything at this point, take something.
1: I don't care what just something something anything please help me out here but no she it's gonna be hard for you to get to get me off the tap <laughs> I know and it's such a problem because she has to
0: start daycare in September Oh,
1: uh-huh.
0: yeah we've got three months to get her to take something well fingers
1: crossed you can make it happen because otherwise I don't think she's <laughs> going <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, and I will not be able to go back to work. Uh, and speaking of going back to work, going back to work, especially when you're chest feeding, breastfeeding, um, even bottle feeding, that, 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 that is, of course, a whole nother episode. But, you know, when you when you're going back to work, just remember that um, don't stress if you don't have a huge stash um I know a lot of women in my support groups do not have huge stashes they have a three-day stash I can honestly say when I was having tea even though you know we we were very early in our our breastfeeding journey well our breast milk journey as I like to call it um I was only giving her one breast milk bottle a day because I was able to at the end pump anywhere from three to four ounces in a day. And she was taking three and a half, four ounces of milk at a time. And um, at one point I had enough, I, you know, I had at least a day worth of breast milk. Um, So, you know,
0: 24 hours, they say a good rule of thumb, if you're pumping, to be pumping up, you know, to have milk so that you can go back to work because you're going to be pumping at work, which, by the way, do not let your employer tell you that you can't. It is federally protected and they cannot force you to do it in a bathroom.
1: They cannot because they wouldn't eat in the bathroom, so I don't know why they even suggest that. And, you know, something that... I I honestly think I want to do something fun for our listeners. And I mean, if they've made it this far, they definitely deserve it. Um, I'm on the blog by tonight, I am going to have an area where people can submit to a raffle. Um, and I well, not necessarily a raffle, but one of our lucky listeners are going to win some wireless breast pumps. And maybe this will help somebody get back to work.
0: Oh my gosh, I, I have a set, and I don't know if it I don't know if it's the same brand, but just having a set of wireless, oh, it's a lifesaver. I'm chasing around four kids, you
1: know. I know I, I loved perfect. mine. I loved mine too. It was it was great to just not have to worry about being boggled down, you know. And um oh my oh my goodness, the best thing the best thing about the wireless ones is the fact that you don't have any wires and you can kind of just stuff them in your bra and keep going. Um, And I was able to mop, take the garbage out, walk the dogs. Like I was able to do a little bit of everything and, you know, they, they were great. And I really hope that this will um, help improve somebody's life and, you know, they, they can be a bit expensive. So I definitely hope that, uh, Whoever wins it definitely definitely makes use of it. Most definitely,
0: because they they are lifesavers. I will say that. Um, and you know, speaking of breast pumps, having the right flange size. Oh my gosh! Uh,
1: flange size, flange size, nip, uh, flange size, nipple sizing. Those are. Oh, those are very very sensitive subjects because a lot of a lot of the times that i've seen um people using pumps they're either using a flange that is entirely too big entirely too small um, and I'm also, I'm probably going to link my favorite ruler. There is a very nice, soft silicone ruler. Um, and, you know, I'm going to throw that in with the packaging as well for with the breast pump. Um, the, I've seen so many people who aren't using the right size flange. And they wonder why they're not getting enough milk. And it's because their flange is just not the right size.
0: Or why it hurts so much.
1: Yes, definitely can cause pain as well. I remember when I was first starting out and I hadn't really done any, you know, I hadn't really done any um, research into breastfeeding. And my pump came with 28 uh, 28 mm flanges. My my nippies were on fire. And I got literally no milk. <laughs> I can't be the only one who made that mistake.
0: I okay. So I made an opposite mistake. Um mine came with, I wanna say they were size 19. Um, and I did not find out until seven months later. I um, was size 27. Oh, oh, goodness! I, I never knew why it hurt so much to pump. And then R.I.P.
1: Was, to the nips.
0: <laughs> I was talking <laughs> to the peer counselor at WIC and she goes, did
1: you make sure you have the right size flanches? And I was like, they come in different sizes. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, wait, what do you mean? I can honestly say before I became a mom, I did not realize it, it, exactly the amount of work and research that goes into pumping and breastfeeding. And this should be a college course. I'm sorry. There's so much information. This should be a college course.
0: Um, It is a college course,
1: but only for lactation consultants. Oh, that's a very good point.
0: I'm taking that college course.
1: (laughs) And I, and I'm definitely, I can't wait to harass you. I cannot wait to harass you. And I mean, I'm going, I'm going back to get my certification in doulaship because, you know, I, I love the fact that I have the RN behind my name and now I want to have the lactation behind my name. And, you know, I I definitely want to help some people definitely want to help some people because this, this, there's a lot to know on this journey. Oh, and this I'm is fine. just one portion of the journey where we haven't even jumped into motherhood.
0: No, this is just titty talk.
1: But, <laughs> I love this titty talk. Maybe we should rename the name the podcast Titty Talk. I think that's more I think that's more hip and with it. I like that. <laughs> oh <laughs> <my
0: God. sighs> oh. Ooh, um. Do we want to talk about
1: our nursing stations? Yes. Cause I think that is probably the funnest part of, <laughs> of breastfeeding, chest feeding and pumping that I've ever had. So I am going to tell you guys right now, if you have a two floor house, like I do, please get a pumping, please get a pumping pack for, both floors. I made the mistake of saying I was going to carry my pumping um my my I, I had a little box. I <laughs> went to Target. And it was just this cute little gray box. And I had like little diapers and lanolin cream for my cracked nippies. And like, I have a, I have a Spectra pump again, not a shameless plug, but that was what I used. That's what my insurance provided. I had my Spectra, my bag, my bag of flanges, bags of bottles, everything like that. And I would just carry it from floor to floor and then I would forget it on one floor and then I'd be frustrated and I have to run to the other floor and then I got a crying baby. Do yourself. Don't do what I did. Just 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 get one for every floor. You will thank yourself later, I swear. Um, you know, I had my breast pump, my flanges, my bottles. Um I had my cleaning spray and or wipes because there's nothing worse than not being able to have refreshed, um, flanges for sure. You want to keep everything clean. Um, so I would also you have hand sanitizer in my bucket. Um, I had a one, you know, I had a change onesie. I had pampers and wipes. Um, and then I also had snackety snacks in and because you can't pump without snackity snacks. Like gotta eat, is, you got to eat. Exactly. Like pumping is hard work. You need calories. Like have that, have well, that cookie. A lot of research has shown
0: when you're pumping or breastfeeding, you need 500 extra calories per day just to maintain and not become like malnourished. And to make sure you're,
1: if mama's not nourished enough, you're not going to make enough. You're definitely not going to make enough. And that, that goes for hydration as well. Now, I am not telling you to drink a ridiculous amount of water because over-hydration will not help with hydration. However, dehydration will definitely not be helpful in any capacity. Well, um, yeah, and I don't.
0: So it's thanks to you because I did not know these little things existed until you, but my breastfeeding car, it's got that little mini fridge that fits like, I want to say four Dr. Brown's nine ounce bottles. I've never filled it with that much because I don't make that much, but um, that little mini fridge that I have. So I don't have to get up and put it in the fridge or risk what my husband did when he put three ounces on the counter overnight.
1: Okay. So that is a sin. I'm just going to say that that is a sin. That is a divorceable offense. And thank you for forgiving him. Um, Mm -hmm. Thank you for forgiving him. But, um, you know, and I also don't make enough milk, but just so you know, I too have a fridge, but I just fill it with snacks. Like I (laughs) am, I, if you are on a diet, I am not the person to listen to because my answer is always snack. And if we're going somewhere, my question is always, can we get food on the way? So pay me no attention.
0: Yeah, me either. Because uh, same. Like, I, I do have the book in my car, Eat This, Not That. So you know what to eat a fa- at a fast food restaurant that isn't abysmal for your health. But um, I have a whole plastic drawer full of little snacks that my kids can't touch.
1: And that's okay, And don't worry about it, because I I vow right now that we are going to including our recipes on the blog. I also want to do an episode of just snapping back into postpartum body um, because I have gained 30, not 30, excuse me. I have gained 53 pounds in this twin pregnancy and um, I'm going to get serious about getting my pre okay it's not gonna be my pre-baby body back but i'm gonna get close i'm gonna get close so we'll we'll i i definitely would like to talk have an episode just for that because i can't be the only one trying to shed some baby weight i can't
0: be i'm trying to shed like five babies worth of baby weight i have been pregnant or barely postpartum for seven years
1: i am the runner up with i've been i had a baby in 21 22 and here we are in 23 and i'm having another baby but i promise hot girl summer 2024 maybe 2025 maybe we'll see because i definitely want another daughter so we'll see we'll see we'll see how this works out
0: for me <laughs> yeah, well yeah i had a baby in 2020 2021 and 2022
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: So I've had babies three years in a row uh, as well. Um, let's see, what was it? I was a year postpartum when I got pregnant with the one I had in 2020. And then I was nine months postpartum when I got pregnant with the one I had in 2021. And I was four months postpartum when I got pregnant with the, with baby G that I had in 2022. Um, it's 2023. I'm nine months postpartum, and no, thank you. I'm good.
1: And and I am not have
0: another baby this
1: year. <laughs> Look, no judgment, no ju- no judgment for me. Like I said, I all of my kids have been like made three months apart. So as soon as they said, you know, hey, boop, I was like, all right, like <laughs> you know, and my my twins are like as as most people know. Um, or as I said in the intro post, I am a single mother by choice. My children were, um, were created in a lab. Um, so yeah, that was very interesting to do three months postpartum. Yeah, uh, you're crazy. (laughs) Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. But I mean, what can I say?
0: I mean technically you definitely have a different result cuz instead of a girl it's two boys.
1: <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with two boys. So if any if any of our listeners have any advice on what to do when going from girl mom to boy mom, please feel free to let me know. Um, And as we kind of wrap this up, I do want to say again, please make sure you go to the top into our blog, uh, into our podcast link to find our blog. We have a whole bunch of resources posted about this episode. Um, We also have pretty much everything we talked about here. Um, Also on that blog, we're going to have that giveaway, uh, that giveaway sign up as well for the, uh, the wireless breast pump. Um, and if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, or if you have any questions in our following, uh, podcast, we will be answering questions and we will be following up with topics that you guys want to talk about. So please feel free to reach out, stay in touch. We would love to hear from our listeners to see what you guys want to talk about and what, what interests you. Yeah, uh,
0: next week's topic is surviving summer. So if you have any stories or questions, tips, tricks, um, if there's anything you want to know, any activities, go ahead, feel free to you know shoot us a message over on our blog and we will get to them during our episode next week.
1: I'm going to definitely go over there myself because I want to know exactly how I'm supposed to survive Thirty weeks pregnant um, in a hundred degree weather for the Fourth of July. I mean, that's just my question. Like, I, I, I'm already not feeling like doing it.
0: Jeez, <laughs> over here saying dad, dad, like the traitor she is.
1: Uh, I feel like they're always traitors, but you know, you, you know how that goes. You know how that goes. I'm I'm already interested in how. Uh, I'm already very interested in how uh, this is going to go since there is no da da, but I'm sure that's going to be the first thing they say. <laughs> that was super clear.
0: I know. I know. I've been trying to get her to say mama for like two weeks, and the most I've gotten is Lala. Lala? Which is the cat's
1: name. See? well oh wow well all i can say is you know at this point it's time that we wrap it on up remember guys uh reach out to us on our blog remember to follow up and we'll see you soon sometimes parenting
0: is messy (laughs) and that's okay have a good evening (laughs) y'all bye guys